All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Appreciate you joining us today. Thank you very much. As always, uh, a couple topics on the docket today. We're going to do a quick update on the Don't Say Gay legislation hysteria that's sweeping the nation, it seems like. We'll do a March CPI inflation update as the March numbers just came out. And we're going to look at the government's proposed response to said horrific inflation numbers. I did want to start with an update on the Don't Say Gay bill. I recently got an email this morning, actually, from change.org. Recently, I've donated some money through that site, and then every once in a while, they'll send me other causes to potentially donate to. And today, I got one from my buddy Mike in Ohio, who I have no clue who he is, but it says, Nicholas, politicians in Ohio are attempting to pass a bill that would prohibit educators from discussing sexual identity or race with their students. This form of censorship jeopardizes the safety of queer students and students of color. Mike is calling on the Ohio legislature to stop this bill immediately, stand against discrimination and systematic oppression by adding your name today. So I went through the little write-up here, and it's, it's more of the same, you know, Ohio's version of the bill will prevent any discussion of sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. Pretty much similar to the Florida bill. Again, I'm having trouble figuring out what is wrong with that. What is wrong with preventing sexual orientation and gender identity conversations in kindergarten through third grade? So five to 10 year olds, again, covered this. They're not saying that there can't be any conversation about this in adults. This is our children in fucking kindergarten through third grade. So just keep that in mind as this topic really starts to catch fire here and is, is talked about constantly. It, it also said something in here that was completely false. It says, Florida's version of the bill forces teachers and school faculty to tell parents of a child if they find out the child's sexuality is anything but straight. That's a, that's a lie. I read the seven pages of the Florida bill six times to make sure I didn't miss that part. And in nowhere does it say anything like that. It does say something to the effect of the school will notify the parents if there are problems with the student, whether they're mental or physical or emotional issues, but that's a pretty big leap. Again, this bill shows how discriminatory the government and the people of our country still are towards people of other sexual orientations and gender identities. It's the same don't say gay playbook being too politicized for my liking because this is a serious issue and there needs, needs to be serious distinctions drawn between an adult conversation regarding your sexual orientation. Again, this is who you want to have sex with. This is who you're attracted to. This has no place in school, let alone kindergarten through third grade. And gender identity. Again, we've covered this. This is a personal choice. has no business being discussed in schools. And just this whole anti-LGBTQ narrative is frustrating because as I'm going to play here a clip from Bill Maher, I think we've come a long way and it's time we all start acting like it. I have a bad case of progressive phobia. That's the phrase coined by Steven Pinker to describe a brain disorder that strikes liberals and makes them incapable of recognizing progress. It's like situational blindness, only what you can't see is that your dorm in 2021 is better than the South before the Civil War. If you think America is more racist now than ever, more sexist than before women could vote, and more homophobic than when blowjobs were a felony, you have progressophobia and should adjust your mask because it's covering your eyes. For 2012, every time gay marriage was put before a state's voters, it lost. 
35 times in a row. Now it's the law of the land in every state. Even half of Republicans are for it. The other half are for closeted gay sex. The chant from gay protesters used to be, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. Well, we did. This is Pride Month, and it's not even a big deal anymore. 30 days of parades and festivals celebrating a cause that was once so divisive, Ellen had to pretend to be straight. State houses fly Pride flags now. Disney celebrates it. By federal law, every single TV show must include a storyline about lesbians having a baby. If someone announces they're gay on TV, it's met with thunderous applause. My accountant says, Yaz Queen. You literally can't find a major American corporation that doesn't do something for Pride Month. NASCAR does it. Raytheon, maker of high-tech lethal weaponry that kills people from the sky, does it. And it's not just LGBT issues, even something like bullying. It still happens. But being outwardly cruel to people who are different is no longer acceptable. That's progress. And acknowledging progress isn't saying we're done or we don't need more. And being gloomier doesn't make you a better person. In 1958, only 4% of Americans approved of interracial marriage. Now, Gallup doesn't even bother asking. The last time they did in 2013, 87% approved. An overwhelming majority of Americans now say they want to live in a multiracial neighborhood. That is a sea change from when I was a kid. In a country that's 14% black, 18% of the incoming class of Harvard is black. And since 2017, white students are not even a majority in our public colleges. Employees of color make up 47% of Microsoft, 50% of Target, 55% of the gap, as companies become desperate to look like their TV commercials. All right, that was good stuff from Bill Maher, and that just kind of ties into something we touched on in an earlier podcast, how they need to make these issues seem like a bigger deal than they are and more dire than they are to confuse you and to get your support behind these movements that at one point in time were very important and very necessary. It's just, it's 2021, and I don't feel, and I could be wrong, but I do not feel like the LGBTQ plus community is under some systemic attack from our country. I think people are waking up to the fact that this is inappropriate conversation for kindergarten and third graders. Can we agree that the LGBTQ plus gender identity sexual orientation is something that can be respected? And conversely, out of respect for our fucking children, Maybe that should be discussed at an age-appropriate level, dictated by the parents of said kids. And when they get to college and their parents haven't talked about it and they learn about it in school, fucking so be it. The parents should have done that, their job already if, if they felt it necessary. But again, that's the parents' call. It shouldn't have anything to do with the school administration pushing very confusing and hard-to-define ideas on our kids 5 to 10 years old that can't think for themselves, They can't weigh pros and cons. They can't make rational decisions because their brains aren't fully developed yet. Can we agree that it's not a good road for the kids without being homophobic? Again, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this as it goes. It looks like these bills are going to start popping up all over the country now that Florida has passed it. Ohio is looking to do it, and I'm sure other people are. It shouldn't be controversial to protect our children because you can protect your children without turning back the clock on the progress we've made with the LGBTQ plus community. Moving on, the consumer price index for March was just released. This is how they measure inflation, and obviously no shock there. The March 
CPI was 1.2%. So that brings the year over year number to 8.5% inflation. We've said this every time they release new numbers, that this is not going down because they have not done anything to start making inflation go down. They raised interest rates by a quarter of a percent. They also mentioned that they will start to slow their asset purchases. Again, they're not ending them. They're just buying less. They're slowing down. That's not really fixing the problem. So compared to last year, energy is up 32%. Gas is up 48%. Meat is up 14.8%. Fish is up 10.9%. Eggs, 11.2%. Milk, 13.3%. Vegetables, 8.1%. And coffee is up 11.2% over last year. So even though the year-over-year number is 85 as everyone can plainly see by just using their eyeballs, prices are a fucking way lot higher than than that. You know, not to mention the cost of housing is up over 20% and used cars at this point is probably closer to 45%. With inflation comes increased commodity prices. Commodities are usually the first and most affected by inflation. That's why gas prices are in the news. And that's why the Biden administration has been trying very hard to blame everybody but the government for the prices. So President Biden on Tuesday is set to announce that the EPA will allow E15 gasoline, that's gasoline that uses 15% ethanol blend, to be sold in the United States this summer in an effort to expand America's access to affordable fuel supply amid the surge in gas prices across the nation. So currently in Massachusetts and most of the country, the the federal minimum mandated level of ethanol is 10%. So the EPA is set to issue a national emergency waiver from June 1 to September 15th. The EPA is expected to take final action to issue the emergency waiver closer to June 1. So typical government shit like, whoa, we have a really big problem and we're going to do something in, a, in about two months. And we'll get back to you with the details in like a month and a half. So right now, E15 gas is currently offered at 2,300 gas stations in the country. And officials say it can serve as an important and more affordable fuel source. So I bring this up because I wanted to get in and actually look at this. Because this is, a, again, I don't think you guys need another example of how bad the government sucks at making decisions. But this is a great illustration of shit that sounds good, but doesn't work. According to the White House, at at the current prices, going to the E15 gas can save a family 10 cents per gallon of gas on average. So I read that and I was like, ah, 10 cents. And then I remembered that most cars hold fucking like 10, 12 gallons of fuel. So 10 cents on a 12 gallon tank, that's $1.20. So is that, is that the relief we need from inflation, saving the dollar twenty when we fill up our car. Is that helping anybody? And then I was like, well, wait a minute. Again, the unintended consequences of government. So not only does it really not save us much, but then I remembered the more ethanol you put into the fuel, the less fuel mileage you get. Oh yeah, they didn't tell you that one. But the more ethanol you put in the fuel, because the ethanol is not as combustible and as powerful as actual gasoline, it's an alternative and they're wedging it in there to lower the amount of gas burned. But the more ethanol you put in, the lower your miles per gallon go down in your car. Your fuel efficiency suffers. So when I work the math, it doesn't actually really save anything. Okay, you save 10 cents a gallon, but your fuel consumption goes down by 1.65%. Once you do the math, it's not really saving anything at the end of the day. Facts versus rhetoric. The rhetoric is it'll save you money at the pump. And you're like, well, how much? Well, 10 cents a gallon. Well, it's not a lot, but fucking great. You know, you get people that drive an extra four miles to go to a station that has gas for two cents less. So you can't argue with the government's thinking that people will be baited by the 10 cents. But at the end of the math and you look at it all, you're not getting anything out of it. I'm sure that'll solve the gas prices. So 
And then to further compound the problem, a senior administration official also said the Department of Agriculture plans to allocate millions of dollars to a variety of programs, including $700 million to help fund biofuel producers from the Biofuel Producer Program. $5.6 million in grants for infrastructure for renewable fuels and $100 million for biofuel infrastructure. So again, we're talking about high gas prices as a result of inflation. We all know because we're avid listeners of the Facts vs. Rhetoric podcast that inflation is caused by government expanding the money supply, i.e. printing money, government spending, and the government is now proposing More government spending to combat the fuel prices. More government spending will further exacerbate the inflation problem. It's not Putin. It's not the Democrats. It's government spending. This is some bipartisan blame. Inflation will never go down until we shrink the money supply, cut government spending, and raise interest rates to at least above the inflation rate. So right now, the interest rate needs to be above 8.5% to even start making a dent in inflation. We're at a quarter of a percent. So stop listening to the politicians that created the problem when they try to blame the others for what they did, especially the Republicans, right? They all voted for the CARES Act, you know, that largest upward transformation of wealth ever. $5 trillion of taxpayer money just given to the fucking oligarchs at the beginning of the pandemic. You know, we're, we're starting to really suffer from the inflation that began in 2000. Our policy responses to the to dot-com crash in 2000 is finally coming home to roost, and it's going to be here a while because we've done a shitload of money printing, quantitative easing, 0% interest rates for the last 22 fucking years. And now it's finally hitting the consumer prices. It's always been here. It just kind of hid in the economy in different areas, right? So that's the, the, the housing bubble of 08, 09, all those assets. That was a result of inflation, but it was good inflation, right? Because it made everyone feel richer. Now we're in the bad inflation where all of our consumer goods and our commodities are, are going way up in prices and our wages aren't following. So that's when it's politically not sustainable. Other thing I wanted to quickly touch on is who we should listen to. I'm having a hard time understanding why people like to listen to our multi-million dollar politicians, right? They have sold you out long ago to make their money and their career. And if, and if the politicians are talking about defending your freedoms, then they're probably actively destroying them. And can we stop listening to professional athletes? Again, millionaires. They don't rely on government. They don't, have, they don't have to worry about healthcare costs, gas prices, food prices, lack of any interest rates for savings. We shouldn't be listening to the actors and actresses from fucking Hollyweird, you know, who pretend to be other people for a living. They are professionals at lying and getting you to believe them. And these people, they, they have to be the wokest bunch of all, right? Because their next job depends on them not saying anything that goes against the left's woke agenda or narrative. You ever notice that? Actors and actresses, they work at like six months at a clip. So they're constantly going from job to job. They're independent contractors. So it's in their best interest for their career not to say anything that goes against any of these fucking woke ideologies of Hollywood. So you get this crazy group think and people for some reason look up to these fucking people and listen to them on real world topics. You know, what, what qualifications do they have to speak on anything other than their profession? Yeah, you never notice that there's no conservatives values being portrayed on TV. Remember that show Last Man Standing with Tim Allen? In May 10th, 2017, ABC canceled that show after six seasons, despite being the second most watched ABC sitcom during the 2016-17 season. That should tell you all 
you need to know. So don't think Hollywood and the rest of the people didn't take notice of what happens to conservative values when they demonstrated on TV. They'll fucking cancel popular shows. They do not give a shit. Anyone in the mainstream media has a vested interest in keeping their job versus doing their job ethically and doing the right thing, especially since six corporations own 90% of the media. You know, I don't listen to any of those fucking people unless they're talking about their profession. I'll listen to a basketball player tell me how to shoot a fucking basketball. I'll listen to an actor tell me how to act. But I'm not going to listen to any of those two fucking clowns tell me how to live my life, how I should raise my kids, or how hot it is to live in today's world. They live in a different fucking world. So stop listening to the people that live in a different world than you. Like, do any of those people know what it's like to try to raise and keep together a, a family in 2022? Like, on your own? I listened to the people who were proven right after taking an unpopular stance, right? That's why we always talk about the scoreboard. Because you need the scoreboard to sort through who's right and who's wrong. And you need a good memory and to keep track of that shit so you know who to listen to. I love people that take an unpopular stance, especially when they're proven right. It shows integrity to say what you believe, especially when it goes against the mainstream narrative and it's hard and you risk your career and your reputation to say something that you believe in. And two, the scoreboard, right? They were right. We should be interviewing all the people who were right and and try to figure out how they arrived at their conclusions. Like, what, what the hell were you looking at? Or, you know, what information were you looking at? And if they were looking at the same information as us, how did you look at that information so differently to arrive at a, at a better conclusion? The last two and a half years, so many people were fucking wrong. And off the top of my head, I'm thinking of a few people that were right. The people that we should be listening to, but we're not. Like Brett Weinstein, along with his wife, Heather Heining, who were right about the lab leak at the beginning of the fucking pandemic. Ask them some questions. How, how did you know that? Why did you think that? And try to figure out if they arrived at it just because they were lucky or because they're fucking looking at things differently and maybe we should fucking get behind the smart people that get shit right. You know, like Geet Vanderbosch, who correctly warned us about vaccinating into a pandemic with a leaky vaccine and how doing that would create variants and prolong the pandemic. You know, he said from day one with these vaccines, this is going to exacerbate the problem because it does not prevent transmission or infection. And all it will do is breed variants. And look what happened. Look at the amount of vaccinated people keep that who keep getting fucking sick. We should be asking him questions. He should be on the news. The authors of the Great Barrington Declaration who warned us about the devastating effects of lockdowns and recommended only vaccinating the at-risk population to achieve herd immunity quicker. We shut them down. We smeared them. But they were proven right. They should be fucking running policy. They should be on the news. Everyone in the media should be interviewing them. How did you get it right? How can you help us? We're sorry we made a mistake. Why are we still listening to the people who have been wrong at every turn and face no consequences for being wrong? Quote, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccines. End quote. That was Joe Biden. Quote, vaccinated people do not carry the virus and they don't get sick. End quote. That was CDC Director Rochelle Walensky. Quote, when people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. End quote. Dr. Fauci. It's time to update your go-tos for information. If you want to get the truth, we have to start putting in some more work. No more autopilot when it comes to the news and the politics. And let's start demanding, let's start listening to the people that have been right. Not the people that have been wrong at every fucking turn and who pay no consequences for being wrong. Remember, we're the only ones that pay the consequences when they're wrong.
gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. If I get drunk, well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who gets drunk next to you. And if I haver, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's havering to you. But I would walk Money comes in for the work I do. I'll pass almost every penny on. 